0: We're speaking to Dr. Zulkifli Ismail this morning. He's a consultant paediatrician and also the technical chairman for Immunize for Life. And um, good morning, doctor. Good morning. Now, the topic of vaccines, especially for children, is quite a contentious one, right? We have parents taking opposing views. Others are a bit overwhelmed and maybe confused by it, but can you please explain to us why vaccines are important for children?
1: Yeah, sure. I think most parents know that vaccines are important because basically we build immunity and the immunity is actually very specific to certain diseases, so if you give, uh, say, if you're if you're a baby and you're given uh, the BCG vaccine and the hepatitis B vaccine, it's just to protect for those uh, protect you against those diseases. And all of us would have been given the BCG vaccine anyway, you know. So and a lot of us have lived up to the, the number of years that we are now. I mean, I passed my 60th birthday already, and uh, oh. some years ago. And uh, you know, and 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 I had the BCG vaccine. I had the diphtheria vaccine. I had the, uh, the whooping crop vaccine. I had tetanus vaccine, and I had um, all the other vaccines in the past. So, and I've had uh, multiple doses of hepatitis B because I had to work in places where where uh, I, I had I needed to have uh, the vaccine. So, mm-hmm. you know, and and if that is not an example, then you know there are other parents who've also got it. So. Uh, now, as you say, it's a contentious issue uh, because uh, uh, people have fears that the vaccine causes other diseases. Mm. And I think we can discuss that later when, when we get to that part yeah. of, the, of the topic.
0: Yeah, but uh, so all the, all the vaccines that you mentioned earlier for these diseases, they are recommended vaccines for all Malaysians.
1: Yes. Yes, the, those are uh, well. Yeah, the the, the recommended vaccines, uh, as you know, will be at birth the child will be given hepatitis B and uh, and uh, BCG, and then at one month they'll be given hepatitis B, and then at the uh, two months they will be given the five in one, which makes up which is made up of uh, diphtheria, tetanus, uh, whooping cough, hemophilus uh, influenza type B, and polio. And then, uh, they'll be given, uh, the same dose, same five for the next three months. And then after that, another hepatitis B at the sixth month. Mm. And at nine months, the baby gets the mum's measles and rubella, uh, the three, uh, diseases. And then at one year, another dose of mumps, measles rubella. And then one and a half years, they get the, the same five in one again. So this is the, what's given by the Ministry of Health. And this is what people, what people say is the uh, so-called compulsory ones, uh, but then there are other vaccines that we also would recommend, and you know these include uh, the pneumococcal vaccine, which uh, uh, the government promised to to start uh, this year in June, but uh, we're not sure how it's happening now or whether that's happening or not. And then there's the influenza vaccine that protects against influenza, and there's also the meningococcus. There are a few more. Vaccines that uh, rotavirus vaccine, which may or may not really be necessary, but you can discuss that with your pediatrician, and then uh, tell you what's what's needed and what's really priority.
0: I know there's a timeline set by the Ministry of Health, like for like you said, at one month is this, second month is this. If why is it important to schedule these vaccinations and? if if we do miss or if we delay one of these one or two of these vaccinations will there be any serious health and growth implications for our children
1: yeah. that's a good, that's a good question because uh, that has happened now with the with this uh, uh, COVID pandemic and then the mco a lot of parents have deferred the vaccines and uh, the reason why is given at, at birth at one month at two months and specific times is number one for ease ease of memory for the mothers it's easier for them to remember every month they have to come for the vaccines. But number two is also to protect the diseases that happen early in life. We used to get tetanus at birth. We used to get we used to see uh, children with tetanus, uh, neonatal tetanus. We used to see uh, hepatitis B being transferred from a positive mother to a child at birth. So that's the reason why this is given at birth, hepatitis B. And then we also see uh, a diphtheria uh, at, in children less than three months of, of age. So that these are the reasons why these vaccines are given at these ages. Mm. But if parents have missed these vaccines, it doesn't mean that they should, uh, they cannot come in for, for the vaccine again because what we do is we just continue with the schedule. So uh, if they have got the first dose, and they missed the second dose, and they missed the third dose, so, and they missed it by, say, two months, and the child had been well. So we just continue with the second dose and the third dose subsequently. Mm. So that's, um, um, I think there's no uh, issue. So that's, so that's the reason why we give it uh, early on for, for these children. Mm.
0: But I'm just thinking, in your opinion, why are some parents anti-vaxxers, you know? If all vaccines have been proven to help Improve our children's health.
1: Yeah, the the anti-vaccine movement actually uh, is a big movement in the United States, uh, and is is you know from there is coming here, and you know people here are just following and listening to that that group only. There is another group that says vaccines are good and and uh, children are protected, but that group is small but it's loud. Now and then the other thing is. There are issues uh, regarding some vaccines which have been uh, brought up and the most uh, controversial and the most famous of all is the uh, relationship of the mumps, measles, rubella, or MMR vaccine and autism. Mm. And it was created by a paper that was published, um, I think it was in the 1980s, um, by Andrew Wakefield uh, in The Lancet. Now, you have to realize that 12 years later, the, the Lancet uh, journal actually withdrew that paper. Twelve years. It took twelve years to do that. But six years after that, there was a reporter uh who actually reported on the fake that went through that that paper. So this was six years. So there was a lapse of about twelve years before and everybody believed that that aspect. Mm. Because Lancet. So the Lancet withdrew it, but nobody nobody even Bothered to actually say that uh, uh, it's been withdrawn, and they keep harping on it. Yeah. Now there are other issues. Uh, there are uh, people who say that children have got uh, uh, impact, uh, got other infections, got other diseases from the vaccine. but these have not been conclusively proved. And you know, compared to the small number that have reported this, there are millions of others that have got the vaccines and have got no problems. So. So, okay. Going back to your question, um, why do parents uh, believe, uh, or why do parents become anti-vaxxers? They don't really become anti-vaxxers. They are just um, they 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 may uh, have ideas about vaccines. They may be just vaccine hesitant. Mm. So they are not exactly uh, vaccine refusers. So there's a difference between refusers, hesitant, and vaxxers and anti-vaxxers. So the vaccine hesitant mothers are the ones that. Are not sure, so they don't know how, where to get the information from. Uh, sometimes they believe the doctors if they get a, develop a rapport with the doctors, but then some doctors maybe may not be, uh, you know, the kind of people that he likes. So so that ends up with uh, then then you have a problem. So they should find a doctor whom they can trust, you know, and and who gives uh, uh, honest opinions about the vaccines. We cannot say we cannot tell the parents that oh, the vaccines are very safe. You're going to be no problem. You're not going to have a fever. You're not going to, that's not true. Mm. The child may have a fever. In, in, in about 80% of the cases, they don't have a fever. So that's uh, okay. Uh, and if they have a fever, the doctor has to be there because or if they have a problem, then the doctor has to be there to treat it or to refer it to the appropriate people. So um, uh, I think it's important that parents get a very balanced view rather than look at anti-vaxxers only. Like I said, their voice is loud, but their number is small. So, uh, But there are other people in mainstream uh, that actually gives uh, a reasonable advice regarding vaccine.
0: No, in Malaysia, okay. though, I'm not sure about this. Uh, isn't it, it's not just a requirement, it's actually required by law that yeah. your kids are vaccinated, right?
1: Um, No, that's not really uh, mandatory now. There was a move to do that when we had the previous Minister of Health, but there was so much uh, opposition from people, Uh, and there's law only in certain countries. I think in Italy, uh, in France, it's it's a law, and uh, a parent had been sent to jail because uh, the child got measles, and then the measles spread to other children in the kindergarten. Um, and uh, Australia was trying to make it law, but then obviously there's some there's some uh, opposition from people. So uh, not many countries. Well, there are some countries that, that that make it law. I mean, like like Brunei, Singapore, you know, uh, uh, South Korea. Uh, they they have made laws uh, out of, of of vaccination and. We've been trying, we tried to do that. But then, uh, as usual, the anti-vaxxers went to see the minister and then said, uh, you know, gave their point of view and before that could happen, the government changed.
0: Oh, but I thought, I thought that um, children cannot register in public schools, in government schools, unless they show proof that they have all the required vaccinations.
1: Yeah, uh, we cannot, uh, under the... the, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, the, the Convention Law. on the Rights of the Child, the CRC, Convention on the Rights of the Child. Uh, the government cannot deprive any child of primary education. So, uh, so that uh, so uh, by right that cannot happen. I see. But uh, the schools, uh, some private schools actually uh, maintain that you have to have the child vaccinated before they come in. But uh, for public schools, they actually look at the vaccination schedule. And then they advise the parents that they have to get those vaccines or there will be a a nurse who will come uh, uh, to give the vaccination. So then when they come to give the uh, uh, double antigen, the DT vaccine, uh, to the other children and the MMR vaccine at school, uh, they will give the ones that they have missed as well. Mm.
0: If you had your way, would you make it law
1: though? (laughs) Okay. Well, if I had my way... um, yeah, I think I would make it law. But then, uh, you know, I, I do, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty liberal in my thinking. So I, I think people should have uh, the uh, option to make up their minds and decide for themselves. Yeah. Um, uh, and I was actually trying to push for it to become a part of uh, the law.
0: Do you think our recommended vaccination list has to be updated with the times? Because, I mean, all these, all these uh, diseases were from way back when, right? During our time and even your time, um, do you think it has to be updated for, for current diseases?
1: Yeah, thanks for reminding me about my time and your time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, the, um, the, the, actually, the, it has been updated because, you know, when, when, uh, during my time, it was just uh, it was just the triple antigen. There was no hip. There was no uh, uh, there was no uh, injectable polio. We had drops of polio, which was even worse, which had more side effects. actually, then uh, in 1989, we actually introduced um, hepatitis. Uh, no, no, we introduced hip. hip uh, sorry, uh, yeah, there was uh, hip, and then we introduced hepatitis B. And we introduced B in 1989. In, in and then we subsequently introduced in 2002, we introduced the five in one and so on. So it's actually been upgraded very, very uh, well. And and just for your information and for the information of your listeners, Malaysia's immunization schedule is among the best, if not the best oh. in the region. Hmm. So we, we're very proud of that. And, and we actually have exceeded uh, Singapore.
0: Wow. Okay. Now, speaking about um, vaccines that are outside of the required list, I remember you said something about rotavirus, pneumococcal, uh, influenza. How necessary are those that are not in the required list?
1: Okay. Um, We have been pushing for pneumococcal vaccine since since two thousand and five, and now we're we're trying to uh, we're we're getting it uh, in the schedule. Hopefully, uh, so that's how much we feel that is important because pneumococcal disease has a lot of uh, has a lot of complications, and they get pneumonia, they get meningitis, and so on. So we've been pushing for that, and and we were very glad that the government actually finally decided to introduce it uh, into the program. Uh, and then, as far as rotavirus is concerned. Um, that is uh, in. Uh, there are a lot of countries that are actually using rotavirus vaccine now, and it's helped to, put, to reduce the amount of diarrhea associated with rotavirus. Um, influenza vaccine is something that needs to be given every year. So uh, we, we would when when we had an outbreak in late, late last year, sometime in October November, we had a surge of influenza vaccines. Uh, being utilised because there was this fear that and every child or uh, and almost almost every child that was admit, admitted in our wards here um, actually turned out to be either influenza A or influenza B. So you know and and I think. Uh, and and know. Then there was I got I yeah. got
0: sucked in that fear as well. My whole family, I brought my children who were 8 and 3 for the yeah. flu vaccine as well and it was sold out. I was like on the waiting list for a month. Exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> and, and we actually, this hospital, we actually, uh, we wanted to encourage it. So we actually gave very low prices for the vaccine. So the uptake was so high that we couldn't cope with it. So, um, and neither could the company. So, so uh, uh, the thing with with uh, influenza is that it changes the, the 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 strains change every year. So because of that, the vaccine also has to change uh, the strains every year. So that's the reason why we need to get it every year. And if you are if you have a, a parent who's you know about sixty, like me, so. So, uh, they need to have that vaccine every every year. Right? I mean, we as medical professionals, we've been getting it every year anyway mm. since since we were young because uh, uh, we need that. We have very high, uh, high exposure and uh, we, we have been getting it ourselves. So, if we've been getting it ourselves, there's no reason why uh, somebody, a member of the public, should be afraid of getting it every year as well.
0: So, if you don't go for it, annually every year and you only go for it like like for me, I've never had a flu shot, let's just say, in the past forty years, and then suddenly I'm like, Oh, I hear you need to get a flu shot. Is it still as effective compared to if you go for it every single year?
1: Yeah, yes, it will. It will at least it will protect you for that year. Right.
0: So, yeah, you should get it. It's like a membership. <laughs> 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 now, doctor. Lastly, what advice would you give to maybe soon-to-be parents or new parents or parents who are still confused or overwhelmed by vaccinations? Uh, why should they vaccinate the- their child?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, if you're ba- you're expecting a child, then read up all that there is to read about the uh, about the vaccination mm-hmm. and about the um about childcare because there's a program i run uh, which is called positive parenting and uh, parents can actually log into that it's called this is some advertisement for positive parenting right uh this is is the uh, www.mypositiveparenting.org i think my positive parenting.org yeah so and uh, they can get advice uh, there regarding uh, uh everything from about childcare. Then, uh, there is also the Immunize for Life uh, uh, website, which is uh, www.ifl.my. Ifl.my. So, Immunize for Life. So, that that website will actually give you everything that you need to know about vaccinations. They have, there are videos there, there are things that discuss uh, diseases, vaccine-preventable diseases, and there are uh, 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 almost everything that you need to know about vaccination. Then, and I think parents should actually learn it before the baby is born. And when the baby is born, then they should actually uh, discuss with the doctors regarding vaccination. Because it's something that they don't discuss. uh, uh, Most parents don't. Some do, but most parents don't. And the ones who come and discuss with us are the ones who have heard all sorts of other news from from outside. So, uh, and I think... It's important that uh, they follow the schedule because it's for the child's future. And then, uh, if there are other vaccinations like the pneumococcus or the rotavirus or the influenza vaccines, uh, then uh, discuss it with the doctor because those things would be uh, recommended as well. Uh, we call it the um, we, we we don't call it the optional vaccines. We call it the uh, uh, other recommended vaccines.
0: Complementary, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. The advice. Is it called?
1: So, vaccinate.
0: Don't don't not vaccinate. Vaccinate your kids. Sorry? So, vaccinate your kids, right? Do not not vaccinate.
1: Yeah, that's the short answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Doctor, is there such a thing as over vaccination? Like, can we ever over vaccinate our children?
1: No. Your body can actually take in a lot more of the antigens that uh, are in the vaccines. I will give you an example, all right? The DTP vaccine, the the diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis vaccine. The pertussis component that I received when I was a child was was the whole cell component. The whole cell component mean it had three thousand antigens in there. I didn't know right? I got that when I was a child. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and well, i i like I said, I've survived after the sixtieth uh, uh, birthday. And the, the vaccine that's given now is the inactivated. This is the is the it's not the live vaccine, and that only has five antigens in it. Five. Yeah, five. The potassium component. The five. They purified it so that it's only five components. So they get they're getting a very purified vaccine without any of the other uh, so-called contaminants that I got. So you know. So you can see uh, the, the, that, uh, that's just an analogy, right? I mean, that, that, that's just to show what we've got before and you, you probably got it if you were born before 1980. Right. Something. <laughs> okay, and then what happened was, <laughs> and, and what happened was, now I- the other question is, is it okay to give back uh, children two, two doses of two injections at the same time or three injections at the same time? Uh, Well, uh, if you're a child born in America, you had a child born in America, your child would have got two or three doses at the same sitting. Oh, right. right. We give at most two doses at the same sitting, but uh, overall, we try to actually avoid giving two doses. So if you notice, the schedule in the Ministry of Health is always one injection, one injection, one injection, one injection. And when they introduce the... Uh, and, and we also now have a six-in-one vaccine, uh, which actually uh, adds hepatitis B to the initial five. So now we can cut down one hepatitis B injection. So the inject, number of injections uh, uh, from five up to six months is reduced to three. Okay? So, so that's, that's, uh, 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 those are the new developments in vaccination. And the Ministry of Health is also uh, going to introduce the six-in-one vaccine uh, very soon. Mm. So, um, so if you and the reason why it's given two or three injections are given in America in America is because they don't use the the, the multi-dose uh, multi. Uh, 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 like the five-in-one uh, and the six-in-one.
0: Yeah, five-in-one
1: and six-in-one. So, so but other countries are using it. and It's pretty safe. Um, so, uh, if you need to, there's no problem with giving two. But we try and avoid it because uh, the incidence of uh, fever is slightly higher if you give two injections at the same time.
0: Yeah, because the child's body will have to fight off the antigen, like both attacking at the same time.